What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. Before we even get started, I need to shout out my podcast partner here, John LaRocca. He's been dealing with my basketball insanity fandom, and, and these late-night Warrior games are pushing our start time of recording back. So, John, even before we start, I want to say thanks for hanging in there and uh, and being a good good pal about this. I know my my Warriors stuff is, is kind of uh, driving a lot of the things in my life right now, but we still had a chance to record. You're not tired. You're good to go. No, nah, man, I'm feeling good. I'm not tired at all. I'm first, I, mean, I think I do. I think I, well, actually, I took a little cat nap. That's good. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just after everyone's asleep, I kind of like kicked back and fell asleep and woke up like, whoa, well, just, a day hit me. But so now <laughs> I, I guess that cat nap uh, worked out. No, I'm ready to record. All right, all right. So we're going to go through uh, some of the stories. Uh, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a terribly busy week. Not a whole lot of news uh, from the last time that we talked, though WWE had their answer to low ratings and, uh, and you know, sort of how they're going to shake things up, even though they just did a shakeup. Um, AEW, some good news with them as far as uh, TV, and I think more good news is going to be coming. We'll talk about the Von Erichs doc and the Geno doc. You haven't seen the Geno doc, but I have, but you've seen the Von Erich doc, so we can talk about that. And then we'll talk about Raw. And before we even get there, we last week we talked about the great Paul Sosnowski. And he, on Raw last week, he... <laughs> Um, got engaged. He proposed to his girl. I don't know if that is still his girl. I hope it is still his girl. I hope they got married, and I hope they've been happily married. Um, and so we mentioned it. We talked about it. I tweeted about it. And then, lo and behold, I was uh, on Facebook and got a friend request from the great Paul Sosnowski. That's kind of awesome. Pretty awesome. I hope he got laid, too, man. <laughs> They both said they've been with no one, so I'm hoping back in April of 1993 they they got it done. No, uh, after we recorded the episode, I asked Dave about Paul, and uh, and Dave was like, "Oh yeah, you know, he sends me lots of matches, and we still chit chat, and he's telling me I need to watch all these Walter matches and <laughs> and and stuff." So he's still a big wrestling fan, maybe not on the WWE tip as as he was as he once was, but uh, so that was kind of funny. Just shows you. You know, with Twitter and social media and this podcast and, you know, people find it and they, you know, see things. And so now, uh, yeah, now now I'm connected. So if I ever need any any more information on uh, on that night and raw. It's nice, it's nice to see that this podcast is working our way up to now we're going to hit that uh, why uh, celebrity list. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to him, Paul. You're 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 an A-lister in my book. <laughs> All right, so uh, so let's actually talk about this AEW on ITV. So um, there was a press release that went out this morning. They are going to be on ITV's pay-per-view channel. So Double or Nothing will be on the pay-per-view channel, and they will have a one-hour pre-show, which will show the Casino Battle Royal. And it sounds like, you know, there will be... Um, there, there will be a, an existing relationship of some sort, um, you know, with them and AEW. So maybe they will be on TV in the UK for their when it, you know whenever they announce the US TV. Maybe they're going to be on uh, on ITV as well. There, ITV, I think it's ITV Four, one of the channels. 
Um, so that's actually pretty interesting news because I think that would make them the highest viewership of any wrestling in the UK um, right away, right, right out of the gate. I think that's how it would work. So that's actually pretty cool. Um, and uh, I think also that, you know, there will be uh, announcement has to be coming about their TV deal and, and what that's going to be about. So pretty good, pretty good opportunity for AEW to kind of kick things back into, into gear here with double or nothing, you know, coming in, what is it now? Three weeks. Um, and, and then, you know, they have this TV deals in the UK. So things are, things are kind of, you know, moving ahead. It's kind of getting close to even them doing a TV show. So I'm, I'm super interested in this whole build up into, creating the company you know which they've done putting on this show is the first show double or nothing's the first show under the aew banner then they got the jacksonville show soon thereafter and really you know sort of running into the the beginning of a, of a tv of a, of a relationship partnership with the tv network hopefully uh you know whether it's tnt or tbs or whatever hopefully a strong relationship and and see what wrestling can do non WWE wrestling can do in 2019 and it's also I think also what's pretty interesting is I'm sure they'll have some pomp and circumstance and they'll have good production and you know they do have Jericho obviously who's a star they will have Jim Ross who's a who's a face that everyone every wrestling fan knows um, but but they are going to lean towards a work rate territory right like that's kind of the the deal is is this the wrestling is going to be great and so i i do wonder how that is going to work on tv in 2019 can a work rate promotion draw enough viewership to um to to be a big deal and i i think we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens with that i, I mean i i I hope so. I mean, it's not going to only be work rate, right? They're going to have to do a lot of things with promotion and marketing. But if these shows have great wrestling, I just really wonder what that means in 2019. Yeah, see if it. Uh, but I think, I think they're going to start that way, and then they'll adjust because it, it takes the stars, it takes people connecting with the audience. You know, beyond just you know, great matches are great. You know, I love great wrestling, but you know, when it comes to the United States. It's about the characters and connecting with the audience, and who are those guys that you know beyond a Chris Jericho or a Cody and a Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, you know, like doesn't that will an Adam Page, you know, connect? You know, will some of these newer signees connect? Will Jungle Boy connect with with the the TV audience? You know, so I, I'm I'm really curious to see see how that plays out. I'm still curious to see how this roster is filling out. Um, they keep announcing people for the battle royal, and there's a lot of wackiness and craziness, which always kind of throws me off because it's like when Tony, you know, Tony Khan was talking about like we're going to be sports presentation and yeah, serious, and then there's all this wackiness, you know. So I'm curious to see how all that's going to play out, and 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 I just want to see how the show's going to look and how they're going to present their storylines and. I'm really curious about that. I can't wait for all that stuff to start. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun, and I, and I just hope that uh, you know people will give it a chance too, because that's also what's different about TV in 2019 is, unless you come out of the gate with a bang, 
people will just give up because there's so many other things to watch. Like imagine, you know, you turn on Wednesday night or Tuesday night whenever they run their first TV and it's not good and you're like, wow, you know, I can just turn on the WWE Network and watch Night 3 Raw. <laughs> like I can, you know, I can I can uh, go to Netflix and watch anything. Like I, that's why like this, you know, it's going to be so uh, it's going to be so important for them to come out of the gate strong, I think, because they're going to need to hook viewers right away. And here's another question for you. Let's say WWE is still having their troubles, their current troubles, which is, you know, the weekly TV is a bit of a turnoff. Like, I like I can't even say that it's just okay. Usually I could say, oh, it's, it's okay. But lately it's been a turnoff. Like, I've been like, God, I'm dreading watching this stuff. And let's say that that continues. I, I don't think it will. I, I think they'll, they'll figure something out. But could AEW siphon off up bothered, you know, Raw or SmackDown fans? Like, that's that's another thing that I wonder. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see on that first. But there might be some, you know, fans that are just interested in WWE now and they want to try something new. Or, 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 or honestly, a lot of these fans, sometimes when it, they just kind of turn away from wrestling altogether, right? So, yeah, that would be bad for AEW if that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely want to see if the AEW can, can branch out from their core audience, which is a very hardcore, very loyal audience. But can they get these newer fans? You know, and and, and will they tune in? And, and will they be patient for another show? You know, yeah, too, because that's a lot more wrestling. There's a lot more wrestling on, and WWE's right now not doing themselves any favors with the product they're putting out right now. So. Yeah, will those fans jump over? I don't think so, but you know, I hope so. But I think the casual audience that WWE has that kind of comes and goes when there's a star or something interest. I, I just think though, I think if it's done, if nothing's interesting in WWE, I think most time they kind of just jump off to something else, right? Yes, and speaking of WWE, they had an answer to awful, awful worst ratings. Uh, and that answer was to take guys from the SmackDown brand and bring them over to Raw, like Roman Reigns, and take guys from the Raw brand and move them over to SmackDown for the week as a way to, like, break... Not even... Not break up the brand split, but, like... Uh, try to get your top draws on both shows. It, it was a little weird. It wasn't explained very well. They technically can take four or five guys at any time and have them on the other show. It Like, to me, can we just kill this stupid brand extension? It's obviously not working. Like, it's much easier to book a TV show when you have access to all the talent. And it's, I mean, just looking at, you know, what's happened since the brand extension, I can't, I don't think that anyone could look at what has happened and say, oh, yeah, you know, the brand extension worked really well. Ratings down, house shows are down, popularity is down, merch is down. I think the only thing that was up, or one of the only things that was up was like the video game was up just barely, but so many things were down. And not saying that the brand extension is the main reason, because it's just part of the whole thing, which is they're, they don't have any stars and their creative is not great. But it also is not 
part of part of the solution. And this part of the solution that they turn to is like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll bring over four or five guys in and switch around. Just kill it. Like, I, I don't get why you just don't kill it other than, you know, someone being too proud of, of their idea not working. I, it just seems like, why are we, you know, sticking the, uh, the baby toe in the pool? Just jump in. Like, just do it because... At some point in 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 October, Fox is going to be like, "How come we don't? How come like Brock is not on this show? Like, how come yeah. the Undertaker shows up on Raw and he's not on SmackDown? How, like, you're going to have to do it anyways. I feel like it's it's inevitable. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this was a solution. I just don't think it was necessarily the best solution or one that uh, I think is uh, is going to sh- really do anything, you know, in the long run. But um, I mean, it seems so chaotic and haphazard and no long-term planning whatsoever. Yeah, I actually ended up watching that first segment of Raw this week with the whole – with Vince coming out, talking about the wild card and everyone coming out, right? And it just felt like desperation. It just felt – it also felt like a slap in the face to the audience, you know? Like, we're doing this, we're doing that. Oh, all right, now we're doing this. It's like these fans are just not – how can they keep up with all these changes? Yeah. And just – you're right. Just cut it out. Just stop the brand split. Make it all one, you know, under one umbrella again and just go from there. And I think, you like you said, you do – I think you do better storylines. It would be easier for the writers. Um, you could probably save some money and cut some writers, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, – I just think it'd be it'd be easier that way, and it felt like, man, seeing Vince out there, he seemed like I know his 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 gimmick was supposed to be the crazy old man, right? <laughs> the crazy old, but like, is it is it is it too too far from the truth? You know, like, <laughs> like I know the gimmick was like, ah, oh, I'm making the changes, and it's like you're not really making these changes. Like, like, he's supposed to be the one to come up with these great ideas, but the wrestlers are coming up with the great ideas, you know. It was just silly, and I just felt like, wow, man, yep, I don't need to watch this show right now, or I have an interest to watch anything. Like, I don't think there's one character currently on the main roster that I truly, like, have to see. There isn't. Like, there's no fresh matches. There's no nothing to get excited about. Um, It's just a really law product right now and they're gonna need to do something to change it i think a positive will be is mixing the brand split and bring everyone together refocusing refocusing on single championships people to follow focusing on storylines focus on maybe some undercard feuds um but that's what i would do and i hope they do that i think i have a feel that's what's gonna happen come october when they go to big fox because yep. you're right like Big Fox is not going to be like, hey, where's Brock Lesnar? Why don't we have John Cena? Or where is, you know, where's this guy? And, and they're not going to be patient as some other TV stations, right? So we'll see. I think I have faith in WWE that they will correct this stuff because I still feel they have a lot of smart people involved. And I right now that for whatever reason, they're just not getting it together. But I just think somehow some way they will at least i'm just hoping because you know business is good when WWE is doing good right everyone benefits and and it trickles down to the indie level so um 
so yeah, I, I mean, I mean, if they don't if they don't get it straight by freaking October, <laughs> then we no. have a problem. So, well, did you see the um, quarterly report and and their reasons for things being so down? Like their reasons now, maybe it's just because they're in the business of kayfabe and they don't really want to give out true answers. But their answers in that thing, I was just like. God, how come no one's calling BS on this stuff? It's like, oh, we have so many injuries. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I mean, Roman Roman was out for a little bit, but he wasn't out for that long. Um, you know, sh- uh, um, Seth was hurt, but you didn't tell the audience he was hurt. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't miss very many TVs. Like, it was just. I was just like, wow. Like that is just. Either they don't want to say what the real reason is and they really know what the real reason is or they are talking themselves into like the wrong thing being wrong and and then they're not going to have the fix for it. I mean, I hope it's they're just faking that they don't know because, geez, that those answers were something, you know, those those answers were just like just it just made me think like you know maybe they don't know what's going on but i i i do hope that they do because like you said usually they figure it out but wow that was uh that was a little telling they just can't create new stars they just they just they just can't they they get a person that you've seen that's gonna be something and they just end up making just a normal normal guy or gal in the roster and it's been their problem for the last like i don't know maybe what three to four years now it seems like no one's really broke through. I mean, Roman's never. I mean, he's a wrestling star, but he's not like a superstar, right? Yeah. Um, there is. I mean, Ronda. You know, was you know her ratings when she was on were 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 good. You know, we definitely see the effect of her not being there is definitely hurting. But they also like used her on almost every Raw where it became less and less special, right? So by the end of it, it was like she just. Uh, WWE's female wrestler, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just being like Ronda Rousey, this special attraction. Yeah, yeah. Now you know of my love of Andrade, and he—he's the guy that I would go to the moon with. Um, he's drawn before uh, in you know in Mexico. He's a draw. He's a star in Mexico, and then they you know he was a top guy in NXT. And he immediately came to WWE, and they, you know, flattened him out. Um, but so he has this match with uh, Ali mm-hmm. on on SmackDown, and I'm like, okay, let's give these guys like eight minutes and just let them, you know, let them go. And I'm really interested in this. And then I think like maybe more than fifty percent of the match was in the commercial, and then Randy Orton came in and beat him up. It's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, come on. Give me something. Yeah, I mean, you have this this great act of him and Selena Vega, and and they're like main event act, and they just what they do like they brought him up and beat him like in week two to AJ Styles. <sighs> so and so it's so frustrating. Um, I mean, shit. I mean, nineteen ninety three Ludwig Vorgo had a better build than Andrade to you know on the main roster like. I mean, when these, even though these, a lot of say, like in the 90s, a lot, there's a lot of misses for sure. But, like, at least the build up to them made you feel like you want to see them. And sure, they might have petered out because they didn't have the talent or whatever. 
they didn't connect and they decided to go a different direction. But like, I mean, they, they gave them time, you know, like, like, like Ludwig Borga was, you know, not the best wrestler. He was a good character, but might had an attitude problem or two, but like, and that's what kind of fizzled out his run. But like the buildup, they, you know, was good and they gave him a push, which was good. You know, like it, it made you care about this character, mm-hmm. but you, you can't like care about Andrade when he comes up and you're excited for him to be there. And week two, he's losing to the champion of that brand already. You know, like I don't mind he's losing the champion. I mean, I wouldn't have, I would put the belt on him and, and run with him as many of that talent. But like, do that six to eight months later, you know, not yeah. week two. So, so there have been. We've talked a little bit about this, which is the uh, documentaries by Viceland, mm-hmm. and you finally got to see the Von Erichs one. So, what'd you think? Uh, I liked it. You know, I, I um, it's like the saddest story ever. You know, one of the saddest stories ever. And then I remember like. As a kid, you know, I kept up with wrestling as a kid through Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which was, you know, half truce or not, you know, <laughs> the kayfabe era, right? Mm-hmm. But I bet, like, when it came to, like, a death, like, they would report it, right? And, they, you know, I remember reading about the Von Eric deaths and, and just being, like, shocked by it. But I remember, like, I think it was 1994, like, Current Affair did a story on them and that's when kevin says you know you know you know i used to be a brother but now i'm not even a brother you know what i mean mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. line and i remember watching that. i remember because i taped that document i taped that current affair because i taped everything back then and and i remember watching it and i remember like it affected me like big time so i've always been like like into this this these von Eric history and stuff so so, and there have been some really good documentaries. I think the one that's independently done, though, I think it's Legends of World Class, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a longer, I mean, if you really want to dive into the history of World Class and the Von Erics, like, that's probably the one to really check out because they, they go over all the programs and, uh, of course, you know, the history of what happened. And um, I thought this was really good. Um, I think Kevin was amazing, especially towards the latter half. And um, there was some weird stuff. Like I thought, like for some reason, I thought Lance came after Mike, but it seemed like they put that before Mike. You know, like Mike got sick. And I think they had Lance. I think I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while, but um, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. But um, yeah, I thought it was really well done, and and it had a nice ending, which was you know it's like you know that you know. Kevin's in Hawaii with his family and he's with, at peace. With no shoes. No shoes. <laughs> just like was it like a banyan tree or something? Like that? <laughs> I don't he know. Has, but he, I but think he, it's called a banyan. I mean, I saw that in Hawaii, like a tree like that. And it's like he goes up there and just sits and it seemed peaceful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That river seemed relaxing. You know, and he seems happy. So I mean and then, you know, brought in all this tragedy in his family has brought him closer to his family, right? So, uh, it's just, it was just, it was just, I mean, I didn't get emotional because I know the story. Um, I, but, 
it was still this still still affected me a little bit. The Geno Doc I thought is the best one so far. Uh, <clears throat> they there was a little bit of stuff going around today because uh, obviously the the uh, the documentary came showed uh, tonight, so we're, we're we're recording this on Wednesday night. I was I, I actually watched it yesterday, um, and there was a piece of it that was supposed to be in the doc originally, and they didn't actually put it in, which is this discussion of who Gino's dad really was. And so they went away from that story, and I think it was just because it didn't really, they didn't want to throw off kind of the ending that they had. And I thought it was fine because I liked the way that they ended it. And the whole thing is like, uh, you know, how did Gino die? Like, you know, why, why, you know, was there any screwy stuff going on, you know, outside of his own drug abuse? And so, um, you know, there's a whole story about was Paul Bosch's dad, was Charles Wolfe's dad, um, and uh, and so that part of it was uh, was omitted, but. It's still really good, and we don't have to really talk about it tonight. If anyone listens to uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, I talked about it for 10 minutes with, with uh, Big Dave. Went up earlier uh, earlier Wednesday. But um, if you I, – I hope you will get to see it, and then we can talk about it next week. But I thought it was the, I thought it was the best one out of, all, out of all of them. And it was kind of cool because, you know, like you just said with Pro Wrestling Illustrated and stuff, that's kind of how I knew Gino and also – from like the world class television, the, all the reruns and stuff on e, on ESPN, you know mm-hmm. they would show all those those matches and the, and you know when I'm a kid I don't really know the time frame like I don't know that oh this was actually '84 and it's like 1986 and I'm watching this stuff, but so you know I, I would always see him and and I don't really remember his in ring all that much I just remember him as like this really handsome like playboy kind of guy, and then. Obviously, you know, when he died, then I was like, oh, wow, you know, he seemed like he was, you know, someone who would have still been wrestling, you know, later in life and could have been like a star or something. But I I didn't know too much about him. And this documentary did help shape some of my thoughts on on his character and stuff of the things that I remembered when I was a kid. So I would love to hear your thoughts uh, when you do get the chance. Yeah, I mean, when I saw the list of what these docs are going to be like. Gino Hernandez was the one I really wanted to watch because I only know that he overdosed on drugs. I knew the story about you know, you know who the dad is and all that, all those rumors. But like, I only seen Gino like the same thing. I watched those Legends of World Class shows on ESPN, and his you know I enjoyed his tag team with Chris Adams and their great heel team. And later on, I watched footage of him and like stuff from South uh, was it the Southwestern. Um, his team at Tully Blanchard and and down there, and I thought they were really good. And uh, and so, you know, I, I'm just really curious about knowing more about his his life and and uh, the, the death is very interesting. A lot of people think he got murdered. A lot of people think he's overdosed. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that this weekend. So. The only other thing I want to talk about before we get to our episode of 93 Raw is the Canelo and uh, Danny Jacobs number. Now, the fight was a really fun fight. It wasn't a great fight by any means, but it was a good fight. Canelo won by decision. I thought it was a fair score all the way around. Um, 
this was a big one for them because I think this was their biggest fight so far. And the numbers came out and said that there was 1.2 million viewers on the app uh, watching that fight and uh, 600,000 streams in the U.S. So they're, I guess it's two, you know, two people per per stream or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, they're really sort of lauding that as a good number. And I'm trying to figure out how that's a good number because if you put this on pay-per-view, it does at a bare minimum five to 600,000 pay-per-view buys at 75 bucks a pop versus the 10 and $20 on DAZN. Uh, to me, it sounds like they lost a lot of money on this fight. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like to me too. And I know they had to spin it in a positive light, but like, through the math of it all, it's just like, okay, like, what does that mean? Like, yeah, like pay per view, they're gonna do a lot more and higher price, you know. So, this. Con- I mean, was- considering they're paying Canelo. Thirty million, right? Yeah, it's like three hundred and fifty million dollars for ten fights or whatever. So, Jeez. like, if they like, let's say that they had six hundred thousand subscribers, and mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they probably have a little bit more. Maybe not everyone tuned in to watch Canelo, but you know, he's kind of the big draw on that channel. So let's even say they have eight hundred thousand subscribers <laughs> at ten dollars a month or twenty dollars a month. You know, that's 1.6 million and you're paying him 30 uh, and maybe you let's add three months of 1.6 million to get to thir- like I, I just don't understand how the math works so um, I almost got, almost got it though what I almost got the the app that night oh you almost got it yeah I almost ordered it but uh, Daniel Costa almost talked me into it uh, APW show. Oh, really? <laughs> we were going over the fight, and he's like, "Well, oh, we think it'll win." All of a sudden, he starts breaking it down. I'm like, "Damn, it sounds like a good fight. <laughs> I might want to order this thing." So. Sorry, I, I, I didn't, I didn't mean, I didn't mean uh, eight. I, it's it's eight million, obviously, not eight hundred thousand. So, mm-hmm. um, it's not a dollar a subscriber. Uh, um, yeah. So even, but even you know, eight million. You know, or ten million, and you're paying Canelo thirty for that fight. So yeah, the math doesn't doesn't work, but yeah. Did did uh, I know? I know Danny was able to watch it, but I don't. I don't think he watched it that night. Did he? I don't know. He was telling me that. I think he says and hit you up and see maybe. I don't know if that happened, but well, I guess it didn't happen because he didn't watch it that night. But I just thought it was funny because we were sitting there after the APW show, just catching up, and you know, he you know he takes the great photos of the show and mm-hmm. and. Um, and uh, we're just we're just talking about the fight, and he starts like explaining all the like, oh, you know, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, and talk about the strength of Jacobs and all this stuff. And I'm like, damn, I want to see this fight, man. You're like selling to me big time here, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It was good. It was it was, it was a good fight. It was, but it wasn't a barn burner in any way. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, they have Canelo and Triple G kind of in their back pocket. Uh, Canelo supposedly doesn't seem too interested in that fight, and probably because he kind of escaped with the last one with the uh, decision. Not that he didn't, you know, I, I didn't have him winning, but it was close enough to where if he won, it's like, okay, I, I could see it. But he probably feels like, oh man, you know, I, I, I won a close one, and I'm sort of risking something if I fight him again. But I mean, who else? You know, there, there's a couple guys out there, but I, that's the fight that I would put on. 
But maybe maybe DAZN will want to save it for when you know they can sort of build to it, and maybe they can get more people into it or whatever. So, um, yeah, what, that's. What did you think of the Von Erich boys signing with MLW? Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about that part. Um, I thought it was pure court. Like court will capitalize on the moment. Uh, you know, anyone gets hot. You know. Remember uh, PCO, right? PCO gets hot, boom, Court's got him. Mm-hmm. He, court, court's really sharp with that stuff. And, uh, hope, I mean, hopefully that he could get something out of those guys. I, I don't know how, how often they wrestle. It doesn't seem like they wrestle all that often, though. No, they don't wrestle often. And it, it was just funny to me because I'm watching the documentary. And I'm like, yeah, someone's going to be booking these <laughs> kids. <laughs> you know, because I know they did stuff with Noah, you know. And um, a while been, back, you should you should have called Marcus Mack and said, "Come on." <laughs> I don't think they really would mean much, you know. Nah, not out they're, there, and they're not going to mean much in MLW, which is interesting to me. I'm curious to see how Court's going to use them because well, he's got to run. He's got to run Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a, true, but like, but like match wise, like whoever the agency has, they really have to put him with guys that could really carry them like they're good athletes good looks marshall's a better athlete than ross but ross is a bigger guy has the better look i guess you know it looks like he was losing his hair and if you know but um but he's a good looking kid we saw my cauliflower remember yep yep yeah um i i don't know the von eric name means as much anything at all today you know I think um, it's just like God. Let's have it help us if they put he puts them with the Lucha Brothers, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, even though the Teddy Hart and David Boy Smith Jr. I mean, David Boy Smith Jr. would be fine, but Teddy Hart does his own thing. You know, <laughs> like his things is not like chain wrestling or anything. He just wants to do his side spots, and that's Teddy Hart, right? Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who they put him with, and I have a an idea who they should put him with but um but yeah it's it's it, i'm curious to see how they're gonna book them i mean i would invest in them though like i would take the chance with them you know you know they're good looking kids and and maybe you can you know get whatever you can of that fun air game with them but i think keeping us tag team is is key in the beginning mm-hmm. for sure and it seems like maybe Lacey's not in the business right because that would have been a perfect spot to bring her in too I worked with her one time. Oh yeah, yeah. We had APW a long time ago. They they had her, and um, she was. I remember we were all just hanging out in the back. She was pretty cool. She was pretty chill. I mean, I knew right away she didn't love this business. Yeah, you know, just by how she was talking and and everything. I remember. I remember it took a long time for her to go over a match, <laughs> but um, but for the most part, I just, I just knew like she wasn't, you know. She wasn't as into it or passionate about it, and you know when her she di- when his, her dad died, Carrie Von Eric died. She was like a little kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. Lacey, I wonder if you have to, she's. I know she's married, has kids, and you know and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, she's she's gorgeous. She's she, she was definitely a star. Like when she, I remember like when I saw her in the back, I'm like, wow, she's like really, <laughs> really pretty. I mean, she wasn't even made up yet, and she looked like. Like you know, she 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 could stop traffic, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think Corsh put him with the Dirty Blondes. If I was him, they're a tag team from Florida. 
of good workers who he uses, but use them doesn't use them or features that much, but I think you use Robert Fuller, you bring him back, you put him with the dirty blondes again, and that's like a nice little like mid card tag program for those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I think we're ready to dive into Raw. This was another uh, Bobby Heenan episode, so no Rob Bartlett. They didn't even mention Bartlett in this episode, I don't think. No, not once. So he was done. Um, and so the whole thing is built around Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Shawn Michaels, and they actually open the show. And I will say that at this point, Duggan can't really do much except for he could still do a pretty fun comeback. And so this was kind of like Sean having to do stuff. But I still really enjoyed the Duggan comeback, you know. Even though it was a lot slower, he's a lot heavier at this point. 93. Um, heavily wearing the, you know, the US the US singlet. Um, uh, the, the, the match is, you know, the match is what it is. But uh, the, it's, it's sort of the whole angle of the story is that Duggan... Uh, Michaels tries to leave. He gets, you know, Duggan hits the uh, he hits the slam, and he sets up for. He didn't actually do the shoulder tackle. He actually turned it into a clothesline, and then Michaels bails out. Duggan chases him out, and so they start fighting a little bit, and he clotheslines Michaels into over the guardrail, and so they Michaels gets counted out, and uh, and and you know Duggan playing the. Uh, ever so not smart babyface thinks that he should actually get the title, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though we know the rules and and the fans know the rules and we've always known the rules, and uh, he was very bothered by this. But uh, and it sets kind of up what what for the rest of the the show. But what did you think about the match? Uh, that the match was was good overall. Um, Sean looked disinterested early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was he was just like I'm not I don't really want to be here. Yeah, uh, the timing, there's like a timing issue in the beginning, especially with the punches, with, with Duggan's uh, jabs. and and the, the, it's, But it got better as it went on. And I kind of like, I kind of dig the singlet on uh, Hacksaw. And he seemed like, you know, he had some, still had some life to him. And, you know, he's he's just, he's at this point, doesn't need to work like UWF, right? Obviously, he's, he has like his, what he does and people like the character and he gets a simple reaction, right? It's like all he has to do is chant USA, and they'll join with him. Um, it got it got good, um, but yeah, hug, the Duggan's finisher is the the shoulder. Not not the shoulder tackle. It's the, it's the clothesline. Okay, I th- for so, some reason I thought he hit the show. He hit the shoulder. Now he would get a three point stance, and he hit the clothesline. That was his finish, and that's why you know Sean took that. I thought it was a cool bump that you know that 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 schoolboy out until the uh, rolls out over the bottom rope and you know out and then they continue to brawl he tries to run um our friend paul sasnowski makes a cameo yeah <laughs> uh, going to yell at sean before he got clothesline over the guardrail <laughs> hopefully paul didn't get nailed he looked like he he looked like he bailed out right away um but yeah i'm, I'm just sitting there like god this is a stupid baby face stuff here talking about how oh, like, yeah. this is unfair like you know, I just you know, I, you know, he shouldn't be running away from me. But I think Sean probably, I don't know, I don't know if he really, I don't know if he really accomplished the goal of the match. Like he should like bail. They should have, or 
maybe the directing was bad too because like they should have caught like once he closed in on the top rope you didn't see him run away you just figured he's right there like over the guard right yeah like they should have had a camera angle right there for him to pop up and take off and run out but they missed it and i think that also kind of caused like a little like didn't really get the 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 the, the angle over, but mm-hmm. I, I I like the uh, sit down uh, of Duggan. Thought that was pretty cool. After the match, he's pissed off, grabs a bunch of chairs, almost kills the cameraman, <laughs> takes the cords out, and unplugs the whole raw episode. But uh, I thought that was cool. I think that I wish they wouldn't give up on it. Like they just kind of like got out of it. Yeah, you know, like I think. To I don't know if there's much like thinking ahead of time on this one because like it'd be nice if. Tony was there and he got some kind of argument with him and Tony's just, you know, made the match or Vince could have done this, you know, Vince could have made it right. They could have used Vince in that role or something like that. But I don't know. I thought they could have done a little more with that, that sit down protest with Jim Duggan. Um, so the King of the ring report is next. And they actually use mean gene at the end of this report to basically tell the viewers that, okay, like Doug, you know, Duggan is not going to stage the sit-in and he's going to, you know, he's going to complain or whatever. On the phone with Jack Tunney. On the phone with Jack Tunney. Um, Here's what I thought. So I wonder how, okay, so how soon did Vince know that he was putting the belt back on Hogan? I would say now. (laughs) Because... The King of the Ring, to me, seems like it is a way to keep Bret Hart over as a top babyface. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it feels like. But if Hart... So, I guess, you know, I guess if Yokozuna is the champ, they could still have Hart win and, and set up a match. But who would Yokozuna have actually faced at King of the Ring? Would they have put him back with Duggan? Are you talking about like did Vince like have the plan for Hogan winning the title? Right. I just I'm just trying to figure out if if Hogan doesn't win at WrestleMania, and it's it's either Brett or Yoko who's got the mm-hmm. title. How does that reshape King of the Ring? You can also not put Yoko on there, and the winner faces him at SummerSlam. Right? Sure, but I mean, even you don't even, want to leave even, off. Well, even at the Royal Rumble, right? They still have title matches at yeah. the Royal Rumble. Um, you could have gone with Duggan, for sure. That could have been like a quick little, you know, dominant performance from Yoko. Yeah, because I th- I'm trying to think of who else on the babyface side is over. Per- Perfect is over, but he's he's mixed in, you know, with... with they've uh, already done Randy. They've already done Randy. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I was... Pretty weak, pretty weak on babyfaces. Because I was just thinking, yeah. like, it seems to me that, that King of the Ring is simply there so that Brett could still be a top babyface, and he's the top best wrestler, and he, of course the best wrestler is going to win this tournament. Um, but but I did wonder, like, okay, well then, I wonder, you know, I wonder how, how early they had Hogan coming back to create this King of the Ring, and I wonder if that changed at all. But um, anyways, so uh, my my least favorite Ico Pro commercial so far with Crush... Oh, man. <laughs> um, so Brett and Lex are in the King of the Ring. Uh, Tito Santana against Razor Ramon, and then Hacksaw against Papa Shango to face off on Superstars. 
to to see who makes it to the net to the King of the Ring, and um, you know they talk a little bit about Hogan and Yoko, so that match is obviously happening. But and we haven't seen Hogan, right? Like Hogan hasn't been around. They haven't even really talked about him since no. the the Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, I feel like. I, I don't know. I, I mean, you don't need to overdose with Hogan, but since that that Raw after Mania, the not to say this. I mean, maybe it's the star power, but I, it just seems like you know they, they're they're not really pushing anything very hard. So I mean, maybe maybe that maybe we're going to start to see that with the King of the Ring coming, but it's just sort of like ah, we're just kind of doing some yeah, stuff there, here. There's no promo. There's no like anything from him really. Yeah, right? Yeah. I know he's in Japan right now. I, th- I think around this time. I yeah, he's in. J- he's calling the WWE title uh, a Christmas ornament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's working great Muda in uh, Japan. And, and he, he yeah. and he and Sting are wrestling on the same show, right? Yeah, and there's a famous picture of them together, shaking hands. And I think he made. It. I remember it was on the cover of PWI, and I'm thinking like, oh my god, I was blown <laughs> away by that. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's actually pretty cool. Um, so, the uh, the next match is Doink against uh, someone who we've been teasing is on his way. The Kamikaze Kid, young Shane, uh, young Sean Waltman. Yeah, that was that was cool. That was cool to see him. I remember, I remember like when they started, but they had to start soon because May seventeenth show is you know a few weeks away. So yeah, and there he was, and it was a good, good, uh, fun little squash match. And then we got to see. Bob Backlund against Dwayne Gill with this rocking like almost he was almost rocking a skullet. He didn't quite have the skullet because he still had some hair on the top, but it was it was uh, very thinning on the top and the mullet down down the back. Yeah, and then uh, very, I think this is like the same Bob Backlund match that we've seen before <laughs> for the most part. I, the, the funniest part about this match was when he went for the uh, he was in the short arm scissors and he went for the lift the big power lift out of it and tim white like does like the super fast count vince must have been really into referees like counting as hard as they can and fast right because like i pretty think he, i'm pretty sure he counts <laughs> i think he counts Dwayne gill's shoulders down before he lifts them. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just funny but you know it was it's fun bob's fun i, I just it's funny when vince goes He's forty three years old and on the comeback trail, and like he's like he is like yeah, he's described as this really old wrestler making a comeback. And I'm like, God, I'm I'm forty one. So then we see Hacksaw again, and it's determined that he's going to have a lumberjack match, a rematch, but it's going to be a lumberjack match against uh, Michaels, and Yoko is going to be one of the lumberjacks, and also. Mr. Perfect is going to be another lumberjack, mm-hmm. so they're 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 really hyping who's going to be uh, who you know who the stars are of, of the lumberjacks for this match. In the same year, later on in the summer, WCW has a match between Vader and Rick Steamboat at WCW Saturday Night, and it's a lumberjack match, but they called it the Human Cage Match. <laughs> what? <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> what? True, true story, bro. <laughs> I don't remember that one at all. Oh, I do. Wow. Yeah. I just, so, but to me, I, I'm not a big fan of lumberjack matches. Like, 
I think one time I did book one, and it was like, I hated that match so bad. And I remember being <laughs> thinking like, have these motherfuckers ever seen a lumberjack match? <laughs> like it was just the worst. I don't know. <laughs> so like yeah. So ever since then, I've just been down on lumberjack matches. And plus, like it's such an old step too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess in '93 it still meant a little something, but but I I do remember the rematch like more than this match. So like watching the the match between Duggan and, and, and Shawn Michaels, the first match of that, like, oh, I totally forgot what the first one, but I do remember the second one because how hot it starts in the beginning of the show next week. The next segment is actually my favorite match on the show, which is the head shrinkers. And I didn't even catch who they were wrestling. They're just, just, they're just dead meat. <laughs> you should have just called them dead meat. Cause... What an amazing squash match this was. Yeah, the Henshakers are they're, they're a pretty awesome team. They do a lot of cool stuff, and they they look like they're beating the shit out of you. I mean, they are, you know? Yeah. Because, uh, those super kicks, those little, like, quick, like, like they're just basically smacking you with the bottom of the feet. <laughs> but it's like Sam, who could just lift his leg up so fast and smack you, you know? He's, he's, he's amazing. The um the the sort of the thing surrounding this match is Captain Lou Albano makes his return. He's 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 a lot slimmer than than we remember him. He's still got the you know he's still got the motor mouth. He's going a mile a minute. He's doing all of his old stuff, often imitated, never duplicated. Uh, he kind of picks a fight with with Heenan, and uh, and he'll, he'll diss Heenan. And what does Heenan say? He's like, uh, he's he's like, uh, all right, put him up. Or he's, he says something mm-hmm. like that. Like he says that a couple different times, and I, I laughed every was time this, he did it. Was Lou Albano just brought back because he was talking so much shit about WBF for a long time? That's a good question. He, and because like he literally t- stops everything to, to put over Vince. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I think it was. I think it was just like let's let's hire him back, and he was gonna talk good about WB again, and you know. And so that's the, and so they teased that the head shrinkers were kind of like, who like I can't believe he's like here there yeah you know what's going on here and and so it definitely seems like it's gonna be something related to them because you know he also was the manager of the Wild Samoans so there's like some lineage there and they mentioned right. that. The next year, he ends up managing the Head Shrinkers, which is was fought to in Samu. Oh no, Sioni, which is the Barbarian, mm-hmm. and I think they I think they are the ones that beat. Uh, no, no, it was the Samu back then. Yeah, Sioni didn't come till later that year, um, and they beat the Quebecers as baby faces for the tag titles next next year around the same time. So, but I thought it was funny that Alpha is trying to work something with Albano, and Albano's just. Yapping away, and I <laughs> he wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to what Alpha was doing. So, so, uh, so they they have an amazing squash match. They look like the greatest tag team in the history of the of the, of the wrestling industry. Um, and then, so Kamala has a match that, and I, again, I don't get I don't get the guy's name. I didn't even know who it was. God, I'm trying to remember who it was now. I watched it. I watched it the other day, trying to remember who it was. Someone out, someone that was familiar. Oh my gosh, this is going to drive me nuts. And but it was Kamala. <laughs> Kamala <laughs> no, did Kamala things. No slick, no slick. So he, he had so there. so he, 
because he had no slick, he he didn't couldn't listen to slick to tell him what to do. So he had to listen to the fans to tell him what to do. Yeah, that's that was the gimmick they started went with. Like the fans were telling him, "Roll him over, roll him over, roll him over." So silly. I know. <laughs> um, and then they tease next week, Typhoon against Bam Bam Bigelow. My God, Typhoon's still there. He's still there. He's he's their go-to man. He's their go-to guy. Uh, you, you know, we didn't get we didn't see any Friar Ferguson this week, though. Yeah, that's I think they're back to the drawing board with the <laughs> good old Mike Shaw. But um, yeah, God, Typhoon and Bam, but at least he's with Bam Bam, so that should be pretty entertaining. And he won't be in the let's just talk about everything else but this match. Match, yeah, right? Like, right, right. That's pretty much what they use Typhoon for the last few few weeks he's been on. But it's amazing. Like I eat. Let's get forget. let's get Marty Jannetty on the phone while Typhoon wrestles this match. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but I mean, Bam Bam make it entertaining. And I wonder, is this the last match of Typhoon? <laughs> Bam keeps going because if that's the case, then they use Bam Bam to to get rid of both natural disasters because he actually defeats like i think he defeats earthquake on his way out like one of the big matches last big matches that earthquake had and i think i was at that match in san jose i think it was one of his last matches and the show pretty much ends with uh bobby the brain heenan interviewing Shawn michaels in the back about how unfair it is that he's got to face hacksaw jim duggan and defend the title again and i like you know sort of going back to what you said about Shawn not being into the match at least in the beginning He's kind of not into this interview either. It's no. just like, he's like, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know why, you know, Jack Tony's doing this to me. It's unfair. It was just like, why did you guys even do this interview? There was nothing to it. And that did not make me, like, like the hacksaw stuff, at least, it made you kind of excited to, to see the match. And this was kind of like, Sean was like, eh, I kind of really don't care that much. It's, it's just, you just got a feeling that Sean was not into working with Duggan, definitely not into working to match program with Duggan. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so this was kind of a quick row, like kind of like a not really a whole lot going on with this one. So, you know, not a whole lot to talk about. But uh, as far as like kind of the news of what was going on at the time, I think I mentioned uh, Bonnie Blackstone on the last show. So she does get a job here and is going to start a television uh, interview segment called Face to Face and also be doing the event centers. I don't even really remember this that much. I mean, did she stick around at all? Did this never happen? I, I don't remember her ever being on TV as well. She might have been maybe on some of the B, or, the B shows or something, but I I don't remember her, I mean, ever make it. I mean, make it on air at least, you know, and Actually, I thought Bonnie Blackstone was one of the positives of the old global stuff. Like her little segment interviewing was always good, and it always tripped me out that her and Pettisino were a couple. Like I just thought, like, wow, yeah, I know, kind of, kind of weird. It, it was, a, it was a weird thing, but I was like, hey, yeah, yeah, get on Pettisino, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm sure our our friend Nick. He, he probably does. So oh yeah, oh stuff. yeah. He'll he'll he'll, he'll reply when uh, when he listens. And yeah, then, so and... yes, Nick out there, I know you're listening. Please, <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll look it up. Maybe we'll look. Maybe we'll maybe I'll do a little research and see if there's any kind of footage of her, you know, on TV and what shows we're on. Like, I want to say maybe Challenge, maybe Mania, maybe. I, I'm I'm not. Uh, 
I'm not sure. I don't remember, and I think I would because I was actually I I I I was I dug Bonnie Blackstone. Yeah, she was right. really pretty. <laughs> yeah, she was a really pretty girl, and I liked her delivery, and she like she was into it, and you know, like I felt like I thought she did a really good job. Was there anything that you got to watch this week that is outside the norm of what we talked about? Um, I did watch the Do Japan stuff. Um, actually, I didn't watch. I didn't watch Okada Sonata. I haven't watched that yet. And I did watch Jeff Cobb and Taichi. I watched that match. I heard it was good. It was. It was, you know, it was pretty damn good. Um, they had a really good match. Uh, Taichi, I think it's, everyone always says he sucks. Like, oh, you know, it's a Taichi match. Or you're, what you're going to give it Taichi is going to be, eh. But, like, Taichi's good. I mean, he he knows his character, and he really, you know, I, I think he's I think he's good to have because he's different than everyone else, right? And him and Jeff had a really good match that kind of, you know, it was exciting, and I was kind of bummed that Jeff lost the belt so quickly. I but know, he, I know. But once he was booked against Taichi, I'm like, okay, I know they want to do a lot with Taichi, so I figured that he was going to go over, and Jeff was basically in that transitional champion role. Yeah. But, like... I wonder how ROH feels about this. You know, like, what do they think? Like, here they are building Jeff as this monster as a undefeated, like, Ring of Honor TV champion, but he goes and loses Japan, you know? Or mm-hmm. maybe, they don't, maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't care at all, you know? But, I don't know. I just thought it was a little t- too soon. Um, I watched Dragon Lee and Ishimori. That was the main event. As you expect, like, craziness moves just, 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 just nutty but like i got bored honestly huh like i just not like i was okay i'll just say bored but i was just kind of like numb to it all because like after you see you know 10 big crazy moves like after a while it's just like great like i enjoyed jeff cobb and taichi better i thought they had like just like a better they had a better story going on and it was a little more exciting to follow it was really great near fall with the Gato clutch and stuff like that, and Dragon Lee and, and like if you're into moves and and stuff like that, it's definitely the, a good match for you. For me, I thought it was thought it was good, but I preferred Cobb and Taichi better. Um, cool. So yeah, uh, I think I think we're done here. Kind of early. I feel I feel like you know we usually do these. Uh, Slightly longer shows, but hey, we don't have to watch and recap Raw and SmackDown anymore. Yeah, yeah, definitely cuts things down, and it was it was kind of a light week with news, right? Yeah, so nothing, absolutely. Nothing really. Uh, I did watch actually. I did watch Double Nothing episode before. We oh, recorded. which one? Uh, the one Jericho's in the office. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one I wanted to watch, but I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, it's okay, and they you know they announce you know they show footage of the angle in Georgia and. And all that. So there's that. There's a photo sh- bikini photo shoot with Brandy and Brittany Baker and you know, and some other girl. I didn't I didn't, I didn't know who she was, but uh Bonnie Blackstone. <laughs> it wasn't Bonnie Blackstone, <laughs> no. And then they and they announced they signed that uh that guy from WrestleMania Weekend who had the his born with no legs. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be in the casino uh, battle royal, right? Yeah, so what do you think about that gimmick for the battle royal? How they're doing it? It's different. Yeah, the what is it like? Uh, four guys at a time, or something, or five guys yeah, at a time? It's, like, it's a 52, 52 guys, right? Because it's a whole deck of cards. 
right? And each I thought it was twenty one. Oh, maybe it's twenty one. Yeah, I think it's twenty one. Like you get twenty guys in and then I got it's kinda confusing. And then there's one and then and then the lucky guy gets number twenty one and he's the last guy in. Yeah. The guy with the joker card. Yeah, I was kinda like figuring out like what the but it sounded different, so I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. Sounds sick or it could be a cluster, you know. Jungle Boy, I know Jungle Boy's in it for sure. He yeah, hope that he wins on, it on the Jericho podcast. But the winner gets the title shot. Yep. So they, they don't have a title yet, though. No, they had it. They had one there. Did they? Just, just covered up. Hmm. That could have been the one that's in Cody's office. You know. I, w- I wonder if that uh, Omega Jericho match actually becomes title match. Yeah, they could do that, or uh, Adam Page and. Um, and Pac could be a title match. Yeah, because the winner yeah, the winner has to get a title shot, right? Mm-hmm. So who do they get a title shot against? There's no champion. Yeah, you're right. I bet you anything's going to be Omega. That, that that sounds like... What do you think about... Okay, here's the news we're going to talk about. Jericho back in New Japan do a match. Like with Okada. With Okada, just... I know he has a... I know he had his contract. He can do whatever he wants and still work in New Japan. But I thought that was interesting. You know, made a little... A little olive branch out there, right? Yeah, I, I also think that if this was a business, I also think that if New Japan wanted it in Dallas, that he probably wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. So I think this is probably like, oh, if he's working Japan, it's okay. But yeah, yeah. When I saw that, I was, I was still kind of surprised a little bit, like when I saw the news on that, because I wasn't, you know, Jericho's. <laughs> always so smart and picking his spots right mm-hmm. so but uh i can't wait to watch this latest episode of double nothing i wanted to i thought the opening segment with jericho and cody was was pretty cheesy <laughs> <laughs> like did zero did zero did zero for me to be interested in either of their matches or whatever like it just mm-hmm. didn't seem it didn't seem real it seemed it seemed slapstick in a way yeah like, so uh, you check it out let me know all right man so oh i know one more thing i wanted to ask you <laughs> is uh we're going long folks we're going long no this will be it this will be it uh is, do you think jeff's gonna be in g1 i hope so that'll be uh, really that'll be really cool if he's in g1 uh you know there's a spot open the you know, elgin's not there anymore uh, you know i think g1 is needs some variety and, and i think Jeff could definitely do that. I think he's hit a home run so far with his New Japan appearances. He had a, you know, obviously a great match at uh, MSG with Osprey, and I think he had a, I think he had a really damn good match at Taichi, and and I'm and I, and I know the office is pretty happy with it. So, you know, we'll see. I hope, uh, I hope that, uh, I hope he gets that spot because it's be a dream of his. And I know he will do great. It'll be the toughest thing he ever did, does oh my in God. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if anyone can, anyone that can, you know, set your mind to something and accomplish it, and accomplish it, and hit a home run with it, it's Jeff Cobb. So, so I'm hoping so. Heck yeah, man! That'll be awesome. I, I'm, you know, we, we we watch every G1 match, so it's not like you know. If he's in it, great because we're gonna watch it anyways. But still, it'll be a little bit more special if he's on those shows. I'm having like this, like um, because I watched the whole carnival tournament. 
so I'm kind of like having like a like I'm not purposely doing it, but I think just subconsciously I'm just like I need a break. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I haven't really been diving into like other stuff lately. I've just been kind of like using my time to listen to music and and um, so. But I, I'm sure <laughs> soon I'll be ramping up by wrestling watching because that's what you know. That's what I do. But that's like, what you do. yeah, that's what I do. So, but yeah, it's, it's been kind of interesting. Like, I'm not like haven't been searching out wrestling. You know, I've been just like, yeah, I'm gonna listen to some old music, some old stuff from back in the day. And I was just listening to some, I don't know if you know this band, maybe you do, but like this old, like, you know, SoCal Scottish band, punk band, Goldfinger, remember them? Do you remember mm-mm, them? Mm-mm. So I was just listening to some stuff and, and it just totally brought me back to like my high school days, kind of just chill and listen to some of their music. So before we start recording, I was watching like videos on YouTube of them. <laughs> and they're still making, I was like, how are they making, they're still making good music. So it's pretty cool. Right on. If there is a, if there's another hobby to, to do while you're on a break from wrestling, music is a good one. Yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, that, that's it from here. We will be back next week to uh, chat about everything else that's going on. So for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.